You're listening to Somebody Had to Say It with Shar and Ashley, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics that are on your mind yet you might be afraid to speak on. New episodes air every Thursday. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Shara. How was your weekend? I'm good. It was good. Um, I did a little outdoor dining with my friends. I finally saw my sorority sisters. Um, It was freezing, though, so, you know, it's just eye-opening that you don't have that many more outdoor dining experiences because I am not ready for indoor dining unlike a lot of you people I'm still Mm -hmm. outside so (laughs) So yeah no I yep I agree that (laughs) I am not ready for indoor dining yet um (laughs) I actually had a family party on Friday and we were out on the porch and I just remember getting cold and we were like taking shots to stay warm (laughs) yes um, (laughs) You know, it's just it's getting to be that kind of thing. But, you know, having an older grandma, it's like we just are not comfortable, like, being in the house and eating and having our masks off. So we're still outside no. trying to get Honestly, a couple more. Weeks. I don't know. No, you're right. You're right. Like, better safe than sorry. And honestly, kudos to the people that are doing your thing. Good for you. You can stay over there. But, like, I'm just not there yet. I just rather breathe fresh air than recycled COVID air. Um, Yeah. Um, but also too, I was thinking like, are we doing anything for Halloween? Like Halloween's canceled. I, I honestly, I put it on my Insta stories because I just wanted to know what people are doing outdoors. I know everybody's gonna say haunted house, some type of scare farm. Like oh. as you know, I can't do that. Yeah, so for our listeners, okay. <laughs> to me and Sarah are best friends, but here is where we completely are different people. I mm-hmm. love to be afraid. I love to be scared. I go to every haunted house every year. Halloween is my jam. My husband and I go all out. We love it. It's the thing. Shara don't doesn't go to scary things. She doesn't watch horror, scary movies, horror, anything. I really don't. She's like the gimmicky Halloween. Like cutesy Halloween. Let's take a picture. She's not trying to be out and about at a haunted house. So Shara, I don't know what you're going to do. I think you're that's saying. what I'm saying. I'm like, uh, I've been trying to like look at wineries because I know sometimes they have like, you know, you can dress up and drink wine. Like that's my speed, uh, listeners. I want to <laughs> dress up cute and I want to drink wine, um, preferably with no scares coming out at the end of the day. But if they want to make it scary at night, that's fine for me too. I'll leave by dusk. I can drink <laughs> in the day. <laughs> and then I'll come through. I want to be scared. I want my wig to fall off. I want it all. <laughs> let's go (laughs) all right so (laughs) this week's episode um all right so a lot of our episodes are recorded previously um some are recorded um pretty you know i guess at the same time they're aired but specifically this week trump has corona and um a thing that's really been on everyone's mind is like should I feel bad? I don't feel bad for him. Should I feel bad that I don't feel bad for him? And we're here to say, you don't have to feel bad for the guy who's done bad things. Yes. Period. And honestly, like, the reason we wanted to have this conversation is because, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know the difference between empathy and sympathy. Um, And that's something that is huge. And a really good example and a good way to understand empathy is this. So think of it like you broke your arm. or No, someone broke their arm. Like, you're the person and you see someone broke their arm. Instead of 
saying, hey, like, oh, my God, I feel bad for you, which will be sympathy. Like, oh, my gosh, I feel bad. I'm sorry that you hurt your arm. That's sympathy. Empathy would be literally getting on the floor with that person and crying with them because you're in pain because you see them in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's empathy. Right. So having that emotional experience or response to someone else's pain is empathy and sympathy is like recognizing it and just like being like okay right so I can be sympathetic but I don't have to be crying and empathetic for him for the guy who's done 8 million horrible things to this country like let's be very clear as listeners I am not a Trump supporter at all and like obviously I'm not out here praying for anyone to be sick but let's be real when I saw Trump got Corona, I woke my husband up at three in the morning, shook him and screamed because listen, yeah, karma, karma. Listen, I don't got it. You got it. I didn't do nothing bad. <laughs> Lord, and we just want to make it clear: we are not <laughs> insinuating that anyone who got Corona deserved it. I know oh, you no. don't mean that, but not at all. We got to make it crystal real. clear. We're I've had family cool. and friends that have had Corona and by no means does no one do, no one deserves it but if you are acting the way that he is acting not wearing a mask openly going to events hugging and being in close quarters with people making fun of people who wear masks yeah. not more than 48 hours before you get sick i'm supposed to be crying please i can't i can't like, no, I, I completely agree. And, you know, just to give a little more context to the way you explained it, which I thought was great, you know, all this came from the Rose Garden event. So um, yeah. for those who didn't kind of understand the catalyst of all this, um, all these Republicans getting COVID all of a sudden, there was a Rose Garden event on yeah. the White House grounds um, where the Republican Party was meeting up and basically it's a social event. And um, this has been, you know, this has been, you know, scientists have said this is where the the corona was passed around to multiple different people. And this is likely where Trump, Melania, Chris Christie, that advisor lady, uh, Conway, her husband, this is where all these people are getting corona from. So I know it seems very convenient, the timing of it, because I know some people were saying they thought it was a hoax. And, you know, he was doing it for sympathy after he bombed the debate. Yeah. Because, you know, and this is not our opinion as as non-Trump supporters. This is the opinion of Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the people that do all the analytics, they go through and they literally look at the polls to see who, quote unquote, won the debate. And it looks like in the majority of them that Biden had won. So that's why I said And let's be clear. The debate was trash. They both were losers. Yes, absolutely. Continue. I'm sorry. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I completely agree with that. And this is why I agree with that. Because as a political science major, I have watched these before they were popular, let's say. And I've always been super involved in elections. And since I've been able to vote, I try to make it to every vote that I can. 
But having that, having said that, the purpose of these debates a month out before the election is to help undecided voters see mm-hmm. where the candidates are on their issues. Yeah. And because it was so bad and because it, there was just no type of two minute warnings, like people were not following the instructions at all. Either candidate, Chris could not gain control and oh. the moderator. So then if undecided voters were not able to pull from that how Trump feels on the issues, how Biden feels on the issues. hundred percent. It like, was our time. Like, and not for nothing. We joke about this. There's memes. There's TikToks. I'm on social media all day laughing too. But this is our lives. Like that day we sat there waiting for them to say something. They said nothing and it was a spectacle. And it's disheartening, embarrassing, it's frustrating, it's overwhelming. It makes you want to cry because you're like, you feel so helpless. To yeah. see these people that are supposed to be leaders of your country, leading your country, acting like children. Like, you want to smack them both. Right. It's unreal. And I have to vote for one of these people. One of these one of these guys is just unbelievable. It makes you crazy. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that, like, we were we were cheated out of an opportunity to really hear what their issues were. And I think I mean, lucky us. I feel like this is another thing that's going to help not him not do well, like, unfortunately, because now he's out here again. Now that he doesn't have, well, so he still has corona because he didn't get a, a negative yeah, test back, still, right? So he's still yep, out here. Yep, yep. So let's not even, go, like, wait, let's go back. <laughs> he is out here with a positive yes. diagnosis. Yep. Out here waving at people in a car with Secret Service that is supposed to protect him. So now he's going to get them sick. So now he's going to have to get, what, their standbys? Like, is that how that works? Pretty <laughs> much. Have, like the standby Secret Service for the ones that get sick. Pretty now much. They're in the hospital. He, these guys come in. He's waving on the stairs. He looked horrible during that press breathe. conference that he did. He looked like he couldn't breathe. He looked the worst he ever looked. The fact that he was like, oh, I, I feel better than I ever felt in 20 years, please. Oh my God. Honestly, and the thing <laughs> that got me too is that he left the hospital yesterday at 6.30, fine. They say if your symptoms are not um, serious and you can be discharged from the hospital, that you can go and quarantine in your residence fine. He's not going to his residence. Okay. He's going to the white house that is fully staffed, full of people walking around there with no mask on. Like I just everybody to listen and understand, like to run a mansion, the size of, it's not even a mansion. It's an estate to run an estate. The size of the white house takes hundreds of people. Yes. The staff. That's why he's getting lots of people sick, but I feel like he just doesn't care. And then again, he's 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 so dangerous. Like the things that he says, again, to have the platform that you have and to mm-hmm. say the things that you mm-hmm. say is so irresponsible. So many times we can say things. It's, there's lists, hundreds of lies, things you've said. But the point is, again, I'm supposed to feel sad and wish well on someone that made a travel ban, put babies in cages, like done a slew of whole Muslim travel ban I mean like you know like specifically like malicious things like in cahoots with Russia like bro I'm supposed to feel bad for you 
and I and I feel like it brings up a double standard. So if we can just go back to the debate, the debate for two seconds in the debate, Trump supporters were saying Democrats were too fragile for being offended by Trump coming after Biden's son's sobriety. And we are oh. being too emotional. But then literally two days later, they wanted all the sympathy in the world for a man who tested positive for covid who was continuously telling his followers, family and friends that COVID, if it did exist, because at first he was saying it didn't exist, that it does exist, but it's not as serious as everybody wants you to believe. And they're doing it on purpose to make him look bad politically. Now, this is after several people that went to his Tulsa rally dropped dead. Mm-hmm. of covid and this is after the suspicious death of his brother and the only reason why i won't say that of covid is because they will not make his death um what they put on his death certificate public but i believe if they weren't being weird about it or trying to have ulterior motives they would have put covid on his death certificate (sighs) there's just a slew of things like and i don't know it's just unreal it's really like you think this is a joke. It's not and a joke, though. It's not because it, 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 it seems like you're watching like a, a something that's fake on TV. Like he's literally standing on TV, holding his breath. It looked like. <laughs> yeah, because he could not he could not catch a full breath. If you're gonna go home without a negative COVID test, you're supposed to. Even if you do have a negative COVID test, they want you to go home and quarantine away from others because you just never know. And, and then he's like any other leader would have done this. He's like, yeah, I'm a leader. This is why I did this. I'm like, no, you're actually not a leader. You're endangering like, people. You're endangering you're people. Endangering and you're talking people. about America has the best health care. If you got the money for it, what are you talking about? Right. Like, what is he saying? The, be- the best health care for whom? And also... His son Donnie want Donnie um Donald Trump Jr. wants to have an intervention because he feels as though his dad is not taking his health seriously and he's concerned for his father. And the family is apparently split between people that agree with Donald Trump Jr. and people that feel as though he's fine and he's able to do what he needs to do and he they don't need to intervene and he, everything is working fine for him. Mm. I don't care. How about that? <laughs> about his mental health. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> oh. It just really gets to the point where, and this is the part that got me. If anything else could have been tolerated, because let's face it, I knew when he was released from the hospital, he was gonna tw- he was gonna tweet something stupid. That was no shock to me. But to sit there and say that he's felt better than he has in 20 yeah. years. And then then to come back and say that the coronavirus should not control you, you should not be scared of the coronavirus, that it's nothing more than a common flu. That's what boiled my blood to the point of breaking point because, you know, I agree. That right there is just the most blatant disrespect to the victims. Yes, to the families of the victims because you have to remember in the beginning of the crisis people were saying goodbye to their loved ones on the phone they were not able to even come into the hospital to say goodbye to their loved ones oh because God. people were so scared of catching COVID 100% Shara like he is a joke and that's why I talk about him being dangerous as a leader how dare you 
go on TV and say you shouldn't let it control you like that. Like you should say, and then say, oh, I might be immune to try yeah. to downplay it. If anything, have some dignity and be like, listen, wear a mask. This is not a joke. What are you talking about? We have the best healthcare in the world. We don't. Yeah, we really yeah. don't. Like, are you serious? It's a joke. Like, it's an oxymoron. We do not. Like, we have the best health care for the rich people. People what? are in the ICU for 60 days, then going to long-term care facilities. My good, my good childhood friend's sister is still in rehab. She was sick in April. Yep. It's in it's October. Yeah, and she's not the only one. And you have to think about it too. It's a we have a system in this country where the rich are getting a different level of care than the middle class. And God forbid you're poor with no insurance. Like you're not getting 60 days in the ICU if you don't have insurance. You're absolutely not. Like they're taking you off that ASAP. That's so true. They're definitely not doing the type of care that you deserve. You're not getting the experimental medicine that you know. You're getting the bottom of the barrel, what's available, this is this, and that, and like you can't really say much. And also, too, if you're not someone that knows what it's like being in a hospital, if you're not a medical professional, you don't have someone that's a medical professional in your family to help you speak to these doctors and help you navigate it. It's a horrible experience. And for him to downplay it like this on national world TV when the world is staring at you and the world is literally dying. Yeah. It's just, you know, what? even if it was one or two people, it'd be disrespectful. But for the number of people and how this pandemic has rocked our country and our world, for you to sit there and say, don't be scared of it and that you're immune and all this stuff. Like, it is just wild to me that people could stand by and support that because you know what? All his supporters aren't rich. All his supporters don't have access to the resources that he has. And some of them are dying because you know what else are super spreader events? His rallies, his campaigning. They just had one in Bedminster. And I was like, you know what? I hoped to the Lord on high that does not become a super spreading event because I feel like Governor Murphy is going to lock him out of the out of the state (laughs) and and they're going to have something to say about it. But you know what? He's doing what he has to do to protect us. Yes, like honestly, I, I was saying that like the only saving grace is that we live in this little bubble that is of like New Jersey, New York. Like we're, you know, we know what's gonna happen with our vote here, even though it's still kind of like shaky, but still, you know, you know. Yeah. But still, it's like I couldn't imagine living anywhere else just dealing with the yeah. daily because the red states are really telling red people not to wear red life. masks. Red life ain't for me. Like no, it's not. Florida is telling people not to wear masks, and if you come in a store with a mask, you're going to be asked to leave. What type of sense does that even make? So I was like, there's a list of all the bad things that Trump's ever done, and I just want to name a couple things. Okay. <laughs> when he cut pandemic funding in 2019 <laughs> yep. which is the biggest thing ever why isn't anyone still talking about that yep okay when he appointed Jeffrey Sessions the most racist racist person of the racist ever as attorney general when he suggested vaccines cause autism like he literally just says 
things that he wants to say. I can go on and on. I will literally send you guys yeah. the link. This is amazing. But it literally fact checks everything he's ever said and it goes through. And my thing is, is again, empathy versus sympathy. Yes, bro, I recognize you're sick. Stay over there. Good luck. Yeah. Don't want your kids to get sick. Hopefully you listen to the rules. But no, I ain't crying. And listen, no, I'm like loses every time they were like, oh, he took steroids. I was like, oh. I was so like not excited, but I was like, oh my God, like is something about to happen? Like, cause listen, at this point, anything's possible. This is like But the thing is too, like he's pushing himself to a limit that he shouldn't be doing. Like, why are you pushing yourself to try to prove something? Because the people- he's losing. He's like losing. you said, like your supporters will support you whether you go on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody dead. You said but, it, and yeah. apparently you're getting away with it. So but the thing is, this is I don't really have many Trump supporters in my life, in my circle. So I don't, and I don't really see them on social media because I feel like the analytics and the algorithms know not to um, show me that stuff. <laughs> like, oh, they're but, there. But no, I obviously they're there because we're in this situation. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, what do they think of his new thing of no longer putting out a stimulus package? Because let's be real, a lot of these red states, they need it. Yeah. So now he's saying, if I don't win, I'm not going to give you money. You're going to like possibly not get money. And I feel like that's a form of voter persuasion. Like, yeah, you're manipulating people to think like, hey, if I win, I'll get this money. Now that I have to do this election, you got to wait. And I just think that it's just another ploy. And again, he's not for the people he doesn't care you have to open your eyes and i don't even understand how we're still arguing that this guy is wrong (laughs) like you know voter persuasion is like hold my beer to the voter suppression that he's been doing now for months i mean i was driving down the highway on friday going to that family party and i saw three out of like out of service USBS trucks that were like towing each other. Like, you know what I mean? They were like hooked up to each other yeah. to be taken to some dump or wherever they're taking out mailboxes by the thousands because he doesn't want people to be able to mail in their ballots. And the fact that USPS was going to need a bailout was a perfect opportunity for him to say, no, we shouldn't bail them out. We should let them fend for themselves because he doesn't want them around to be able to, take in the ballots and and deliver the ballots the way that they need to to do an election that's going to be mostly voting this year i mean mail in this year and that's voter suppression like i don't i cannot believe that people are not talking about what it is to suppress people's votes but this is definitely something that he's trying to do to suppress people's votes and that just tells me that these people that are gung-ho trump supporters are not patriots they don't care about this country they're racist and they're bigots like Mm -hmm. there's no other reason why you would support this president they're still mad that we had a black president and just to be clear he was he's biracial so he's just as much white as he is black to be very clear (sighs) But they, there's, it's, there's still something built up in them that that happened for eight years that they will support Trump until their last breath. But the thing is, it really may be your last breath because you're following somebody who doesn't care about you. Yeah, girl, I don't even have any sympathy for them. Like, I can't, like, um, it's us versus them. That's how I feel right now. I'm, I'm it's, and it's terrible to think that way because honestly, like, it makes me on edge. 
all the time because it just like when when is this going to be the day like he has made this country into a war zone he is telling the kkk to stand back and stand by yes it's us versus them there is no in between we are done like there is nothing else there's nothing else we can do he is that i mean i don't want division denouncing white supremacy on live tv was all i needed to say what are we supposed to do i'm supposed to still stand out there and expect us to be together no and they were they were quiet on that day i'll tell you that the next day when i went into work they didn't say nothing about him they didn't have their little weird blue live matter um masks on none of that because they saw the ma- the devil with his mask off basically because anybody else would have been like i denounce it just to say it just to put it out there yeah like even- lie he couldn't right. even lie you know how many things we lie about in life that's something you lie about you can't even yes, lie about absolutely that? completely sorry, listeners i'm just so upset like it's right this is not a headphone <laughs> turn I'm your so headphones down. turn it down i'm so sorry like I, i'll put a disclaimer before but i'm just really upset like he couldn't even lie so you can't even lie because you have your white supremacists watching this if you denounce yeah. them they pull their money yep and so he knows he can't even say it. he can't even lie and say it but i think another thing too and i guess you know it's a point that really has a lot to do with empathy and sympathy, but it also has a lot to do with him as a president that as African-Americans, we were brought here against our will and we have made the best that we can with this country. And so unlike other immigrants, I guess if you still can call us immigrants, we really have no other place that we can call home so when people talk about like oh this is crazy like i want to go to canada or i want to move to barbados or i want to do whatever it's like that you know i get it and like we've all said it we've all it's all it's crossed all of our minds because things are so crazy but it's really taking away somebody's homeland taking away a portion of their identity to work for you to be in servitude build your country up and then still oppress them 400 years later and then make it hard for them to even live in the spaces where they call home yeah. you know on top of that oppression is just something that a lot of people just cannot handle and well, it, that's it is, why i'm screaming yeah that's it, it how can i divide? How can I not scream? It pushes the divide even further because it gets into the conversation of there's nowhere that we can call home. If we don't fight for America, if we don't get him out of office, if we don't vote and march and do all we can, there's no other place we can call home. Period. Period. Well, you know what, Shara? Like, I think that's a great segue into... um our racial um, injustice segment so um every week guys we want to talk about something going on in the world in the u.s unfortunately and as we know it there's always something going on so unfortunately we have a new death to discuss um his name is jonathan price he was 31 years old um Pretty much, he was killed by a police officer. His name is Sean David Lucas, the officer. And he was pretty much just intervening in a dispute. So someone was fighting. It was a domestic dispute, um, a man and a woman. And he intervened and actually stopped the fight, Shara. So, like, he did what he was supposed to do as a good Samaritan. 
yep, the police came being useful as as always unmute like unmute useless that's what i mean useless as over always but mm-hmm. come over here and unfortunately get into some type of altercation with him and shoots him yep so he dies and the police officer is actually arrested and charged with murder now unlike the other instances of black men black women being killed senselessly by police he the police officer was arrested quickly in this manner in this um incident but we know how this goes right like it's not over until it's over so right and you know jonathan was like ashley said breaking up a fight and you know the murderer is being held on a million dollar bail so i think texas is learning from the other states they don't want unrest counties i agree but you know what and this is this is what we talk about about civil unrest this is what we talk about that these things are not useless these things are making change you see what yeah Texas was not playing because they knew if they didn't go pick up that officer and put a hefty bail on him, there was going to be more protesting and more rioting and looting than they've seen. And struggling from COVID. Honestly, you are so right. And honestly, we would be wrong to not see the change, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's the whole point. Brianna Taylor's killers are still out there. Yep. This man did something and was held accountable. That's all we're asking for. It's nothing special. You do something, you get in trouble. Yep. Please um donate to Jonathan Price's family. Um, they have a GoFundMe that um you can donate to. We will have the link in the bio here. Um, so you can send funds directly to just help the family during this tough time. I just couldn't believe, you know, or even imagine being in their position. Um, the GoFundMe is Justice for Jonathan Price, and it is fundraised by Will Middlebrooks. So um, it's this close childhood friend who is doing this, um, and they so far have almost $100,000. So please donate. We'll put the link in the bio. And if you check out our other episodes, we have other, um, obviously, victims of social injustice that you can donate to as well yes thank you